0: Hey Amen. I'll just sit that down. Uh, we have been uh, really having a good time, I think, in talking about the goodness of the Lord as it relates to our marriages. And I trust and pray that you have been communicating more effectively with your spouse. And uh, as last week we talked about sex by the book. And uh, we talked about the fact that sex by the book is no other way than to do it but other than by the book. And so uh, I have um, enjoyed uh, bringing that to you. Uh, and today is a very important subject matter as we're going to be talking about keeping romance in your marriage. Uh, let's pray. Father, I thank you this morning for this word. Help us as we study. In Jesus name. Amen. One of the things that happened in marriage and I was uh, delighted uh, the couple over to my right. I hope they don't mind me uh, saying this, but, you know, they've been married now for 40 years uh, and that is pretty significant and the thing I like about it is that they still seem like they have that radiance and that beam about them Uh, you know what happens is when you've been married for any length of time you've been married for five ten you know 15 20 years after a while the romance if you're not careful can be dried out of your relationship you know God never meant I told my wife this and we jokingly say this I say it to her all the time I said honey I said you know we're going to be together for the rest of our life because we made a covenant before God. And since we're going to be together anyway, we may as well enjoy each other. I am not going to live with you for the rest of my life and be miserable in my marriage with you. If that devil is a liar, he's not going to steal from me. So I said, look, we're going to have to pony up and get this thing right. We're going to have to work at it because how many know it is hard work? To keep romancing your marriage. And, and you know, and God is the one that established romance. And God is the one that established sex. And God is the author of all of this. So God expects us to enjoy our spouses. He don't expect us after the, the kids come and then, you know, things get, you know, I'm getting tired. I was talking to this gentleman the other day because he you know I'm teaching this series. He said, he said, Gary, he said, uh, man, I, I want to tell you something. He said, uh, uh, he said, I was with my wife the other night, and man, it was just miserable. I said, what are you talking about? He said, man, I, I just, I'm just bored. That's, that's what you call straight talk. And I said, brother, you need to change some things up. There are some things that you need to do. And, and what he was simply saying is, and, and I could tell right just from talking with him, that there was a routine that began to set into their relationship. And it is at that point, if that's not properly dealt with, then people start being tempted or being pulled in other directions. And then if that's not dealt with, then if you're not careful, we fall into different types of sin. And so romance is meant to be an integral part of your relationship. I want to grow old with my wife, 70 and 80, and I want to still be her uh, uh, Billy D. Williams. Uh, I'm dating myself now, right? Amen. <laughs> yeah. or, or her Denzel Washington, you know. Yeah, I still want to look good for her, and I, I still want to have those times with her when I'm just excited as I was the day before. You know, when you were dating your spouse, you know how easy it was? You know, where it just seemed like all you wanted to do was just be around each other. You just couldn't wait to go out. I mean, things just happen so easily. And, you know, it reminds me of the scripture when the Bible, says the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy Jesus said, I can't even have life, and life more abundantly. You hear me quote that all the time because that's like my motto. I mean, I live by that. Jesus wants me to have a good life, and he wants me to enjoy myself. It's an abundant life. It's there for us, but guess what? We got to work at it. Just because you saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, and go to church don't mean you're going to have a great marriage. There are a lot of folks sitting in the church who are struggling in their marriages, they're having difficult time. There is no romance. There is no real desire to be together the way that God designed them to be together. They're struggling. And, and, and you know, and, and people just try to, you know, just be holy and just praise the Lord. That's all good. But I mean, no, that that's not what God has for us. God has something better for us. God has something better for us. There was a question, there was a, a ministry that's based out in Colorado. Uh, called, uh, I think it's New Life Ministries. Um, uh, This book I want to recommend, Dennis and Barbara Rainey. In fact, I'm going to say this to you. If if you are interested in anything, if you want to have a great marriage, if you want to have a romance in your marriage, if you want to enjoy being with your partner, let me tell you something, that is the best book I ever read on marriage. Because it deals with all the intimacy levels. All, I mean, everything that you can think about marriage, communication, sex, it, it covers the whole thing from a biblical perspective. A great book. But they had, um, they had received an email, and, uh, and I guess it was supposed to be somewhat of a joke, but there's a lot of truth in it. And the email said, um, it asked the question, how do you romance a woman? And the reply was, well, you wine, you dine her, you cuddle with her, you surprise her, you, you compliment her, you shop with her, you listen to her, you buy flowers, you hold her hand, you write love letters, be willing to go to the ends of the earth for her. And then the same question was posed, how do you romance a man? And the reply was, show up naked and bring food. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Here we go. Now we're talking. <laughs> what that underscores is the difference between how men look at romance and how women look at romance. And you see, see, this is the thing that we got to deal with. we got to understand that there's a vast difference. That God wired us a certain way. You know, I like to use the analogy that men are like bulldozers and women are like forklifts. You know, Men t- tend to think straight ahead. You know, you know what bulldozers do, right? Bulldozers. You ever seen a bulldozer at work? When the bulldozers get going, Wroom, Wroom, it just starts running over stuff. Wroom, Wroom. I mean, they're not worried about tact. They're not worried about what's in the way. If it's in the way, you're getting rolled over because I'm not stopping. This thing is moving. But you ever go to Home Depot or Lowe's and, and you ever see those forklift drivers? You know, they back those things up. Deep. You know, they give warnings, they make sure that it's roped off so nobody can come around. And then they want to find a place to put the mulch. And so they, they carved out just this little spot and they, the forklift lifts that item up and places it on itself on the shelf very, very gently. Then they back up and they get to the other things and they put everything in their proper place. In other words, forklift drivers are concerned about details. They want to make sure that they get it right. See, women are kind of like that, right? It's about details. See, women are more about the journey. Men are more about the experience. Can I, yeah, yeah, come on, men. Let's be honest about it. That's the, that's the way God kind of wired us. But the beauty of that is that when we blend together, there's a balance. There's a balance that happens as it relates to that. So men pursue relationships based on sexual passion. Women, they seek it more on a relational basis. They want to communicate. They want to talk. There's that emotional connection, and if men, if you miss that, you're going to be in for a long, long day, night, cold shower, all of that. Because she thinks differently. And I learned that very early in my relationship with my wife, how she thinks. I mean, it's totally different, and we have a great relationship. But like any man, when I was a young man, you know, I was just, you know, I was anxious, my wife said, no, no, you, you got to slow down. We, we, need to, we need to pull back, hold up a little bit. We need to talk and we need to share. We need to, we need to have good conversation throughout the day. So I've learned that when I'm setting my wife up for a romantic encounter, I start very, very early. How are you doing today? <laughs> what do you want, want some flowers? What, what you, need, you need me to go to the store? Or you need me to fix that hole in the roof? I take it, got that. What else do you want? Now, I know it may seem like we're being a little selfish, but in reality, we got to understand how we think differently about this. That it's a give and take in our romance with our spouses. You know, God wired us a certain way, God wired women a certain way, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's not wrong with how He made us, but we have to have proper understanding on how that whole thing works. Amen? Amen. How many of you would agree with that? It's true. So let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter number 7, verse 32 through 35. First Corinthians chapter number 7. And we're going to jump right into this thing, and we're going to give you some steps. And, and here's what's going to be awesome about this. I'm going to give you some practical steps this morning. And if you apply these steps, and a lot of these steps are going to come, some of them, not all of them, will come from the book that we showed you a little bit earlier. A lot of them are going to come from that, but I guarantee if you, if you practice these steps that your relationship Will be full of romance and excitement. How many of you can use some romance and excitement in your relationship? Just kind of be wanna be all over each other. You know, you ever seen a couple in love? They just can't keep that, man, what's wrong with it, brother? And whenever we see it, you know, it's like, man, they they just can't keep their hand off each other. You know, we should be 25, 15, 30 years. Can't keep my hand off of her. Hallelujah. How many of you look like that? Okay, we're going to talk about it this morning. Glory to God. Now, concerning those things, we'll start in verse number 32. I'm sorry, I was starting in the wrong place. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 32. Now, but I want you to be without care. This is Apostle Paul talking. That he who is unmarried cares for the things of the Lord, how he may please the Lord. Watch this now. But he who is married cares about the things of the world and how he may please his wife. There is a difference between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman cares about the things of the Lord, that she may be holy both in body and in spirit, but she who is married cares about the things of the world and how she may please her husband. Let me start right there for a moment. If you read 1 Corinthians chapter 7, what you will discover is that Paul was actually making an argument about staying celibate. Because Paul wasn't married at the time, and, and Paul said, you know, and Paul was like, I wish that all of you all could be just like me. You know why he was saying that? Because he was saying, because, you know, when, you, when you're just like me, that means you can serve the Lord, and you can be totally devoted to Jesus Christ. That means you can go to every, uh, you can go to every conference there is that is out there. Uh, you can go to missionary field. You can go out, stay out, do whatever you want to do. You can serve. You can get in the, book, in the Word of God all day long. And I used to do that. I remember there was a time when I would get in the Bible and all day long I would read the Bible because I said, I'm being holy. And my wife would right saying, you need to get out here and help. And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm praying. <laughs> I mean, come on, praying. I mean, you can't interrupt a man when he's praying. I'm trying to read the word. I mean, I'm doing a good thing. What's the problem? <laughs> well, come on. With the but I'm praying. I'm trying to seek the Lord for the family. And I was and I was selfish that way. I would get the Bible on Saturday. And my wife would tell you. When she come here, she might mention it to you. But I would say that I would read, I would get the Bible and I would read it all day long and I felt justified. I said, I'm justified. Do you know why? Because I'm dedicated myself to the Lord. Now, I totally ignore that scripture that talks about the heed that is married. Once you decide to get married, everything changes. You better get up. You just can't go as you please. You just can't spend hours and hours Without making sure that your spouse says, it's okay. Because you have to now, you are required by God to please your spouse. And so we cannot use for an excuse, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I got ministry stuff to do. I got to serve the Lord. Okay, that's good. But for right now, you're going to serve me. Oh, Hallelujah. That's what the scripture says. It says that the person that is married cares for the things of the Lord. The person who is unmarried cares for the things for the Lord. So if you're not married, you can serve God. You can do whatever you want. You can go to every Christian conference. You can worship God all day long. You can go to Africa and spend all the time you want on the mission field. You can come home at 2 and 3 o'clock. You can do whatever you want because you have undevoted distraction to the Lord. But he said, but when you get married, and Paul even says in one place in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, he says, look, I'm really trying to spare you because you're going to have some trouble. Because <laughs> Paul was making it you know, And I got a little discouraged. I was like, wait a minute, Paul, now are you saying I shouldn't be, you know. And Paul finally comes out and says in that chapter, he says, well, you know, um, but every man has his own gift. Not everybody's gifted to be celibate or to not be married. And uh, that's not my gift. My gift is to be married. Hallelujah. My gift is to be with my wife. I, I don't have that gift. But there's a fundamental understanding that we must have that we have to figure out how to please our spouse. Now, this, we're talking about a kind of romance that is sacrificial in its orientation. That means in order for me to figure out how to please my spouse, men, women, what we need to do is we need to study. We need to get to know them. We need to get to know their likes, their dislikes. We need to begin to do all of that because our fundamental thing is what we got to do is we got to make sure our spouse is happy. Because my wife and my wife's, I'm going to tell you something. I've learned this, that when mom ain't happy in the house, brother, nobody happy. If mommy, I I don't care, you can try to walk around like you the man all you want to. But when mama ain't happy, nobody is happy. And I refuse to live in a house. Or we ain't happy. I grab, my wife tried to get that little attitude in me. I snatch it. Come here, woman. <laughs> we can't have that in here. And she, if she tried to stay mad at me, I said, no, you ain't going to stay mad at me. I just hug and kiss. My <laughs> ain't going to let it happen. Ain't no shame in my game. See, I just know who it is that I'm serving. I know that I have responsibility. I got to make that woman happy. And ladies, just in case you think you're off the hook, you have a responsibility to make sure your man is happy to please him. Oh, the lady said, oh, I ain't get too many, but that's all right. (laughs) Oh, we got some work to do this morning, man. We have some work to do. (laughs) All right. Let's talk about some steps to creating romance in your marriage. Are you ready? All right. Number one, change things. Change things. You know, there's an old saying that you can't keep doing the same thing and expecting a different result. Some of our relationships, our marriages, has gotten to a point that is so predictable. You know that you are, you are, God created you with vision. There's, there's, a, there's a level of creativity that, that, that all of us have inherited from God our Father. You know, God spoke the earth into existence. Look at the beauties of the earth. Look at the variety. And God placed that same nature, that same spirit inside of us. We're to be creative. And you know what happens? I don't know what it is, but after we get married for a while, everything just becomes so predictable. I know what time you're going to go to bed. I know when you want to make love. I know how it's going to be. I know where we're going to go eat, if we go out to eat at all. I just know, I just know, No, no. And what happens? And you're like, what's wrong? I'm just. Hey, this is the way marriage is supposed to be. And some of us are just kind of sunk in that way of thinking. But you got to change things. Go out, get some music, get some candles, change places. Go out and do something, take a walk, in the, do something different. See, marriage is what you make it. You remember I said earlier on the onset of the message, just because you love God don't mean you can have a great marriage. Marriage, it is hard work. I I can get an amen on that. It is hard work. And so it is whatever it is that we make it. I tell people all the time the energy, some of these people that I know of and, you know, in the places I work, I said, look, all the energy that you put in doing that, if you put that at home, you can have a great relationship with your spouse. All that energy, just be creative. Think Think of something different, change things around. Because you'll get bored, and you can't figure out why. Why it is that I'm bored? You gotta change things. The second point. Watch this. This is a good one. No, 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 no offense to the baby. We got isn't she cute? <laughs> Glory to God. But look, find a babysitter. Now, let me, let, me, let me explain something. You want to have a romantic and fun, exciting relationship? First of all, you got to understand this. This is a fundamental principle. God first created Adam and then Eve. They were together. You notice the kids didn't come till later. But because the kids are supposed to be an expression of the love between a man and a woman. They are not to take the place of your spouse. Amen. Your marriage becomes first. And foremost, In fact, the best thing that you can do for your kids is to have a great, healthy marriage because if your marriage is a wreck, it's going to have a negative effect on your kids. No questions asked because things are out of order. And so watch this. Find a babysitter to spend time together. You say, well, I can't find a babysitter. Rent one. Come to my house. Do what you got to do. Look, they're out there. But let me tell you something. You need to be able to sit down with the one that you love. You remember what brought you together in the first place, right? You talked. you were alone. I mean, even if you were around a crowd, you just could not wait to be alone with the one that you were in love with. But all of a sudden we just stopped doing that. We don't we don't go out anymore. We don't spend time alone anymore. We don't talk to each other anymore. Here's what I'm trying to say, people. It doesn't have to be that way. Your obligation is to make sure that your marriage is the top priority because if that is healthy and good, it flows down. Are are you with me? See, a church, watch this, a church is as good as its leader. A home is as good as its leader. Are, Are you with me? And so the better that is at the top, it flows down to everybody and everything else. If this is defective, if your marriage is struggling, if, if, if you are arguing at each other and you don't have a healthy marriage, you know, the kids often get caught up in all of that. And we're sitting back and we're trying to figure out, man, what, what, what's going on? I mean, because we, we, we've missed it someplace. So I want to encourage you, if you want to keep romancing your marriage, take your time. Me and my wife go out every Friday. And a lot of times, it's late Friday. I mean, we'll wait late, and thank God we got our teenage kid uh, kids that can help us. with the. We, we're out of there. Sometimes I don't have much money, but you know, as a baby, well, I don't care. We're, we're going to go out some, even if it's just to go to Dunkin' Donuts and have a cup of coffee so that I can look in your eyes and tell you how much I love you. Are you with me? Go out. Do something. Don't neglect that. You cannot have a great marriage if you don't spend time alone together without the kids. Love those kids. I tell my kids all the time, I, say, I love y'all, but don't ever make me have to try to choose between you and mommy because you will lose that one every single time. Are you with me? And, and that needs to be something that's, very, that, that's understood. Hmm. But the third thing is go, go have fun. What did you do when you used to court each other? What did you do? Some of you, you went out movies, had popcorn. You may have found a place to dance. I know some of you, if you're real religious, oh, dancing is a sin. Okay, whatever. Yeah, I went on a cruise with my wife. And my wife told me, she said, and I'll never forget, she reminds me of this to this day. We went on a cruise in 1997. Eight night crew, beautiful. I mean, I was like, oh my goodness, I don't know, water? I mean, just had a bit, I mean, they had all kinds of things on the ship. I said, you don't have to go nowhere. It's all on the ship. And I remember me and my wife and she said, uh, uh, dance with me. I said, uh, excuse me? <laughs> she said, I want to dance. I said, no, not. you know I can't do that. You know, I'm, I'm saved, sanctified, feel the Holy Ghost, <laughs> hallelujah. I can't be doing no dancing stuff now. And she finally got me. Well, she got me. Through, first of all, I said I felt better because there were some, some folks down on the deck that were doing some country western tap dance, and I did that. That was the close she got. She got because I said I ain't gonna go out there and dance nothing. That the, you know, and my pastor may come in here and find me. I ain't doing that. <laughs> oh, but you know, but before we got met, we had fun. We had a, you can go to godly places and environments and dance and have a good time. Nothing wrong with that. Whatever happened to just, you know, going out to the carnival, eating popcorn, just acting silly with each other, just, just having a good time. Who said that had to stop? Why does it have to stop? Because if that stops, it's going to hinder in your relationship. You know what the, other, the opposite end of. You know what kind of result you're going to get. So if you're not spending time together, you're not going out having great, good fun together, then how can you expect to have a relationship that's full of romance? It ain't going to happen. Last I checked, two plus two equals what? Four. It is what it is. And so we have to have fun in relationships. Number, number three. Somebody keep, what, what number is this, number three? Number this is number four. All right. All right. Compliment your spouse. Men, I'm gonna give you a word of advice, cause this is a setup. Whenever your wife says to you, "Honey, how do I look in this dress?" I ain't gonna tell you to lie, okay? Cause you know I'm a pastor; I can't do that. But she, you look good. She always look good. Honey, how do you like my hair? Do oh, don't even have to look at it; it look good. It's so, see, they they are fishing for a compliment. There's something about. That, that thing that, that they just want to hear you say, you look wonderful today. Or, you know, honey, a wife you can say to your husband, honey, you know what, I want to thank you that you went out today. You know, and, and I'm not just saying just talk in passing, but be able to look your, your, your husband in the face and say, honey, look at me, I just want to thank you for fixing that hole in the roof. Here's what happens a lot of times. I'm a photographer. I love taking pictures. As a photographer, I have the right to focus on whatever it is I want to focus on. So either I focus on the object that's in front of me, or I can focus on the background, the landscape, or whatever. But that's my choice. What happens in marriages sometimes, we have a tendency to always focus on the negative of somebody. Oh, We could talk about all the... How many know that there are no saints... I mean, we're saints, but there's nobody who is perfect in here. If we really wanted to, we could always extrapolate the negative things out of people because there's enough there. That's why the Bible says we're sinners, saved by grace. There's no perfection, but there's something about us that we need to have the kind of attitude that we compliment. Figure out something. There's got to be something that your spouse can do, right? (laughs) I mean, something. I mean, just say, honey, you know, I appreciate what you did. I'm going to show you So, turn, turn to Song of Solomon. Song of Solomon. I think it's Psalms and Proverbs. I think e- Ecclesiastes and Song of Solomon. How many of you have ever read this book? All right, now. This is a very graphic book. Because <laughs> it talks about the relationship between Solomon and, we believe, a Shulamite woman. And so it talks about when they were in courtship, and it talks about their marriage. And if you want to know how God thinks about romance, you and your spouse need to take some time and sit down and read the Song of Solomon. Because you sit there and read it, and you'd be like, oh, 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 whoa, 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 I didn't know that was in the Bible. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. How many sermons have you ever preached on the Song of Solomon? I don't think I've ever heard one sermon preached. I've heard references to it. That's what I'm going to do today. I'm going to reference it. I can't stay there long. <laughs> talking about compliment, look at this. Turn to, turn to uh, uh, Song of Solomon, chapter number 5, verses 10 to 16. Watch this. Now, you're talking about, now, this is a my woman talking about her stud, her man. <laughs> she says, now, watch this. She says, my beloved is white and ready." Chief among 10,000. His head is like the finest gold. His locks are wavy. Brother had waves in his hair and black as a raven. His eyes are like dove eyes by the rivers of waters washed with milk and fitly set. His cheeks are like a bed of spices banked on scented herbs. His lips are like lilies dripping liquid myrrh. His hands are rods of gold set with barrels. His body is carved ivory, inland with, with sapphires. His legs are pillars of marble. I mean, his brother got it all together, doesn't he? Set on bases of fine gold. But jump on over, though. I'm going to show you. Now, listen, here's here what she was doing. She was looking at this man, and she was. Now, I'm sure that he wasn't made to perfection. I mean, pretty close to it, wasn't he? But she could have focused on some negative things. But she chose to look at him and say, Yeah, I like what I see. She picked up. The, I mean, she was, I and mean, she was on to it. But watch, watch how, uh, watch how, um, watch how he compliments her. Now, I was going to read. Uh, I was going to read. Uh, I think Song of Solomon, chapter number uh, six, um, verses four through ten. You can read that, uh, Sister Diver. You can still put it up on the screen. But, but. But but listen to the beloved. I'm going to look at chapter number 7, verse 1. Look, listen to this. Now, I can't read all this, but I want you to see that it's holy. I want you to see that it's in the Bible. Everybody say it's in the book. All right. How beautiful. And he's talking to her. Now, men, they can, they can steal lines from here and share with your wife. I mean, that's still some lines. I mean, they're some good lines, brothers. I'm going to tell you something. He said, now, how beautiful are your feet in sandals? O oh, prince's daughter, the curves of your... Th- <clears throat> Thighs are like jewels, the work of the hands of a skillful workman. Your navel is a rounded goblet. It lacks no blended beverage. Your waist is a heap of wheat set about with lilies. And then I got to stop there. <laughs> you get the point. <laughs> I ain't going to go no further. Yeah, it's deep. <laughs> it's getting really deep. But see, God wants us to be that way. God wants us to talk about our spouses like that. Who said that that was wrong? Who said that that was perverted? See, the enemy tried to take what God made good and pervert it. And so we're to compliment each other in that way. Hallelujah. What number are we? Number five. Men dwell with their wives according to knowledge. That's First Peter chapter number three, verse seven. I think she got that up there. First Peter, chapter number three, verse seven. Husband, likewise, dwell or live with, live uh, dwell with them with understanding. Give an honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel. Weaker there means really delicate. You know, she's much more delicate than we are. She can't bench press four hundred pounds. If you, if by the way, if you got a wife she can bench press four hundred pounds, do some background check. <laughs> Do a background check, okay? (laughs) All right? I'm just going to say that, okay? Uh, (laughs) And and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. But I want to underscore something. Do well with them with understanding. Men, that means, listen, if your wife don't like chocolate, don't bring her chocolate just because it's Valentine's Day and everybody brings chocolates. She said, amen. My wife, I, used to, I uh, the reason I say that, because I used to it with my wife. I mean, I was all about tradition. Because, you know, for me, I've always had a problem with remembering special days. I just got that issue. Thank God, when when, when the PDAs and stuff came out and I got little alarms on this thing, boy, it, it just changed over. My wife called me one day, and uh, and I'm trying to think, was it the, it was actually, our anniversary was either the next day, and I think it was the next day, and she called me and she made a reference to it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And I'm sitting, I'm talking to her like, yeah, yeah. And I completely forgot. I didn't until she just kind of mentioned it. But one of the things that is so important is that we understand what it is that our spouse like. What what turns them on, what they like, what they don't like. Dwell with them according to knowledge. Understand when they're moody. Understand how life affects them. That's why the Bible says, do well with them and, understand, and give honor to her. It didn't say give honor to her if she doesn't all oh, right. You give honor to her because the scripture says give honor to her. So you honor her no matter what because you want to be right with God. But do well with them according to knowledge. I mean, I know everything about my wife. I mean, I, my wife says, honey, I know when to fix that coffee. She only has to say it. I just go in there and I just bloop, 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 bloop. And I fix it just the way that she likes it. You know Why? Because I studied her. Every man ought to be a student of his wife. Come on. You ought to study. you You ought to know every intimate detail about her life. And I'm not just talking sexually. Get to know that woman. And then because that will help you know how to deal with her and how to please that woman. Can all the ladies say amen to that? Glory to God. What number are we? Number six. All right, number six. Watch this. Before you go to work, men or women, before you go to work, kiss your spouse. And if you really got something planned for later on, don't let it be a peck. Let it last about 10, 15 seconds. You get the drift. So I've made it a habit that before I leave the house, I'm going to kiss her. Because remember, we were talking about rekindling the flame, keeping romance in your marriage. Now, let's just say, if you got to think of a flame, right? A flame that's burning, you always want a flame to keep burning because when the flame go out, what happens? It's gone. And then you're you struggling trying to get that thing back, trying to get that flame back to burning. Now, the flame sometimes can rage, it can go medium, it can be low, but you always want to keep the flame burning. And so, you know, they, they statistics show that when there's this constant communication where, where you know, when you, just when you leave out each other's present, honey, I'll see you later. A little hug and a little kiss. Now, your spouse, your wife, or your husband might say, what's wrong with you? You all right? But do it. Because we're talking about keeping romance in your marriage. Because you did it at some point. At some point, it stopped. Because it's something about, you know, it's something about when, when there's that touch. Another point, uh, hold hands. You know, you're driving in the car. You know, just reach over and grab her hand. Just hold You know, it's, it's strange. You know, today when we see, we see and it's funny because people see me and my wife we walk inside shopper's food. You can be romantic at shop, going to shopper's. Hallelujah. And I just walk in shopping, and I'm holding a hand, and people look at you. Like y'all just getting married or what? You know? <laughs> no, but this is normal. This is just us. I, you know, because see, you gotta deliberately, if you want to have a great romance in your in, in, a great relationship, you gotta do some things on purpose. You just can't keep doing the same thing. You guys, you know what, honey, give me a hand. Hold that, lock hands together and just walk. Because it, it gives, you know, there's that security that's involved in that. You know, there's something about when we touch, there's affection, there's a connection when we touch each other. See, my wife can touch me. Like, I know my wife's touch because we touch all the time. I know her touch. It's very, very important. All right, which number are we? Number seven. All right. Don't let a day go by without, at some point during the day, you connecting with your spouse, whether through email, text. I mean, me and my wife and the guys at work, they know when I'm flirting with my wife. We flirt. I mean, thank God. Text, man. I, I mean, so if y'all ever find my phone, don't look at my phone. If, you, if, if I phone, to let, don't you, don't you be nosy. The Holy Ghost going to get you. I'm telling you right now. So if I leave my phone, don't you go looking at my phone. Because a lot of times, me and my wife, I'm sitting down there meeting. I'm just, and she'll just say something like, you know, there's a compliment, you know, I enjoyed last night or something like that. Bailing the guys and say, Pastor Bailey, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, because they know i just, I'm, so I'm just, I'm flirting. I'm flirting with my wife. We 20 years I've been to this thing, and she'll tell you I flirt. And a lot of times, I mean, I had to just erase it. As soon as she sent it, I got to erase it. <laughs> Easy now. But what do we do? We're, we're, stay, we're keeping that flame going. You see? And so by the time I get home, the atmosphere is already set because we've been talking. She's been connecting with me. I've been connecting with her. So send an email out, send out a text. Don't let a whole day go by and you don't say, then you finally see each other at the end of the day. Everybody's tired, everybody's grumpy. You know, you don't know how my day went. You know, talk to each other. Hallelujah. The next one. Brag on your spouse. How many of you brag on your spouse? I mean just brag. Just say, you know what? That man of mine, let me tell you what he did. He he painted the whole house for me. He's, I mean, he's now now he might have not cut the grass in a month or two, but but he painted the house. <laughs> <laughs> He might not fix the drain, <laughs> but he painted the house. That man, I'm gonna you, he painted the house. Don't ever, ever, never, ever, ever degrade your spouse in public. When anybody hear you talk about your loved one, it better be positive. And if you're around me, I'm going to call you on it. Isn't that your glory? Didn't you marry her? The two of you are one. You don't degrade the one that God gave you. No, no. I, you brag about your spouse. because, And, and, and listen, and especially when your spouse is standing right there, and they hear it. But I think about how that make them feel. He's talking about me like that, you know. And my wife started bragging about me on certain things. I mean, I have a stick guy. I'm like, go, girl. Talk about me. Talk about a brother. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Brag about your spouse. Keep that romantic thing going. And watch this. What's the next one? Number what? I tell you, I want to share. everybody paying attention. Watch this. Oh, that's, y'all got to work that out amongst yourselves. I'm going on with the message. <laughs> I can't preach and remember what number and all that. Y'all got to do something. Help a brother out. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. So watch this. After the morning after lovemaking, and this is what I got from the rekindling of the romance book, they said, look your spouse in the eye and say, hey, you know what? And particularly men say this to our wives, Say, you know, I enjoyed the night we had together last night. It was absolutely fabulous. I love being with you. That was great. Because what a lesser know is this wasn't just about a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, just kind of. No, no. I want you to know I really enjoyed being with you last night. I had a great time. You see, that's promoting intimacy, a kind of togetherness. You know what I'm saying? That, that it's just not the act itself. There was an act of love and worship and coming together in a way that God wanted us to. And so, look, just the next, I mean, my wife, I told you about the text message this year, just whoop, I enjoyed last night, I had a good time. Let's do it again. I'm like, oh. <sighs> time to go get some Wheaties. Okay, let's keep going. <laughs> I start, I'm going to stop right there. Yeah. Okay, all right. Everybody okay? <laughs> come back up. Come to Ohio place. Come up, come up, come up. Okay, now. <laughs> <laughs> Glory to God. All right. Last one. Um, now, this can be a romance killer. I just thought I'd throw this in here because I thought it was funny. But men, uh, particularly men, after you uh, use the bathroom, uh, wash your hands. Nothing worse than... Uh, You know, right before a romantic scene that you go and you do your thing and put the toilet seat down and come out there and then you want to run your fingers through her hair (laughs) and her face. That's a romance killer. You just may not want to do that. (laughs) So, you know, think about little things like that. These are things that will help you in your romantic relationship with your spouse. Now, um, do me a favor, Brother Larry. Can you get my wife for me real quick? And, uh, Everybody stay tuned. All right. Because my wife's going to talk to you for a few minutes. All right. All right. Uh, she's going to come and she's going to share a couple things uh, from a woman's perspective. Because there's some things I just can't talk about. That she that come y'all can receive it better coming from her. She won't be long. Hallelujah. Come on, baby. Give her a hand as she come up. Come on up, sweetie. You go, you go for it. Do you want to sit down or you want to stand? I'll, we want to, I'll stand there, you. Okay, go for it. I'm just going to listen and be taught.
1: <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. Um, Rekindling Your Romance, great book by Barbara Rainey and her husband. Um, as I was reading the book, I, I was, um, God just brought back all the things that I did when I was uh, dating my husband and how I went out of my way to call him every day. Uh, give them notes and tell them how much I love them and, you know, give them gifts, you know, being, you know, creative gifts as we were dating mm-hmm. and how sometimes as a married couple, sometimes things give into complacency. We get complacent about how we treat our spouses because you figure I already got him hook and sinker. He can't go anywhere. <laughs> so I don't need to call him anymore. I don't need to give him the notes anymore. And him being someone who always worked out, and in college, I used to go out of my way to show him, now I, I want to work out too, so I, I'll beat him to the gym and I'll be there acting like I'm working out. I really wasn't. But, uh, <laughs> mm.
0: and, and, and by the way, she works out. I mean, she, I've seen her go to gym at 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night, and she's on that thing working out. I'm, I'm telling you. And I'm like, you go for it, baby. That's because ahead, of
1: babe. his encouragement. He encouraged me to keep myself healthy. Not only am I keeping my health, myself healthy for myself, my temple that is the uh, temple of the Holy Spirit it's important that we keep ourselves healthy but I want to look good for my husband I want him to still have that same desire for me that he had for me when we met in college Amen. Amen. and as I was reading the book uh, she um, she was talking about five romantic needs for your man I was like whoa I gotta read this (laughs) and one of them was respect and celebrate who he is and how God made him sexually men need affirmation ladies
0: Amen. Amen.
1: Men are sometimes ego driven.
0: <laughs> sometimes.
1: And as a wife we should want to feed that ego because that's our man. He wants to know that we love him. He looks good because if you don't tell him somebody's going to tell him. Mm. Amen. So it needs to come from us. He wants to know you know how, I mean you know that was great last night it was great honey. I enjoyed it. There's nothing wrong with saying that. Amen. Marriage bed is undefiled when you're a Christian and you're married right? So it's nothing wrong with telling him how good last night was, that I enjoyed the time with you. Men need that affirmation. Amen. Because Amen. they're out in the world getting beat up all day long. They want to come home to home where a woman is telling them, I love you, you're awesome. You're awesome, man of God. Thank you for being the leader of my home. Amen. You know, do Amen. that. It's nothing wrong with it. Because when you're always critical of your man, you don't have anything good to say. Oh, you, you don't provide. You don't bring home enough money. You're always da-da-da-da-da-da. That turns him off. And you wonder, and then when you want to be romantic, you wonder why he's not interested. Because he's always hearing that critical thing. Hmm. Makes a man sexually impotent. I mean, really, think about it. You're always criticizing, then you want him to be romantic. <coughs> it doesn't go. Okay. okay, number two. He needs his wife to make romantic needs a top priority. Amen. Come on, woman, we per. Pur- pur- Pri- prioritize. <laughs> prioritize there you everything go. Mm-hmm. else. We prioritize time with our children. We prioritize working for those who work, working out, whatever your priorities are. You prioritize that. And why not for your husband? Take time to plan that special romantic evening. Put candles up in the bedroom. Put on some romantic music. When he comes home, there Amen. you
0: are. Amen.
1: I bet every man in here would smile if he saw that when he Hallelujah. came through the door. Amen. I Amen. mean, get a different, I mean, instead of wearing those footies to bed that night or those pajamas, get something <laughs> romantic, you, you know, know?
0: I, I got to interject because, I you know, every now and then, every now and then with Peggy, do and I used to tease her because uh, she would, uh, when she was ready to go to bed, my wife had, I said, wait, baby, are you an astronaut or what? I mean, she got all the stuff on, the, the big helmet, the stuff. The, I'm like, baby, I mean, you know, come on, hook breath up. I mean, come on. I I mean. I, Every now and then, but come on, baby, not <laughs> every night looking like that. I mean, come on. I mean, you're Amen. you're an earthling. You know, yeah. stay here. You and know, over,
1: and over time, I've gotten much better. <laughs> she has gotten much better. Because a man doesn't only want you to look good when you're up and you're moving around during the day. He wants to see a beautiful woman lay beside him at night too. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. That will entice the romance as well. I mean, how can a man be romantic with you? You got footy pajamas on. You're covered from head to toe. <laughs> well,
0: well, because sometimes I think women is the word saying
1: uh, 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 uh. <laughs> that could be it too ladies that could be it too if that if the uh, thing that I got a headache didn't work just cover up I guess that, 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 that's, that will send a message
0: no we're no, we talking we talk about romance so we ain't doing that
1: <laughs> okay. um, number three he needs a wife to, desi- to desire and make him feel wanted sexually I mean if a man doesn't feel like you're attracted to him and you really don't want him he's not going to feel sexual we got to let our man know how much we think he's big and strong. And I, I love the way you worked out for me today, baby. Your muscles look great. I mean, things like that. I mean, say things that's going to really, you know, encourage him and make him feel like, oh, thank you.
0: Amen. And I'd uh, be lifting them weights, too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he does. <laughs> he needs his <clears throat> wife to be fun and imaginative. Now, this is where I was talking about because boredom. You probably heard from my husband. It's the enemy of romance. Be creative. Do little things, like I said, like those candles. Put on that romantic music. Answer the door in your lingerie. When the kids are in the bed, of course. (laughs) 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 Um, (laughs) 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 Sprinkle those petal roses out.
0: Amen, amen.
1: Um, Turn on that jacuzzi or that tub, whatever you may have in your home. Put those candles around it and say, come on, baby, this is our night. You amen, know? amen. Just be imaginative. I mean, because that will take away from that complacency, that boredom, amen. you know. Because we get so used to our husband coming home. Well, I know he's coming home, you know, and, and that same thing. Sometimes just changing up a bit, you know. It doesn't always have to be in the bedroom. Move it out into the, another part of the house or, do, or go to a hotel. Go somewhere different. I mean, just use your imagination. Um, five, he needs a wife to let him know that he did it. <laughs> oh you did it you did it baby you really did it <laughs> I mean remind him, that he, remind him that he's a great lover and you enjoyed it there's nothing wrong with that you're married you know you were saying it before you got married you say it now I enjoyed it you know
0: You know, and the thing about that I think is important to underscore is that men are ego driven and, and there's something about that that, that thing of, you know, I conquered. It's, it, God waters that way. Amen. And, and every man wants to be able to, to, he really wants to make sure his wife is happy. Amen. And when he doesn't do that, or when he feels like he's not measuring up to that, yeah. then he's been weakened as a man. Amen. You, you understand what I'm saying? He's been weakened because he feels like that he's not, he's not producing, he, he, he's not fulfilling his wife's right. desires. right. And so figuring out ways to encourage him and affirm and say, look, I, I enjoy that I mean it may not be you know uh, you know we're not just in, in the sex is one part of it, but there the are other parts to it as well Amen. but just affirm your man I mean he he, he wants to it. feel like he is the man
1: he needs that he needs that And one thing I can't stress so much ladies <clears throat> keep yourself looking good for your husband. What he married, believe me he still wants that same not to say that he was totally driven by your looks, but and that, and well, I got him, he's mine. I mean, don't make it hard, though. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> don't make it hard. I mean, keep yourself healthy. Not just for him, but for yourself because your body is the temple of a living God. You want to take care of your temple. I mean, work out. I mean, I know that some of us, we have children, and, and um, God gives us grace for that, and so does our husbands, but you know, work out. Keep yourself looking good because nine times out of ten, somebody on his job is looking good that day, and he's got to come home and say, okay, I mean, she's there, you know, but mm-hmm. like I said, you know, there's no excuse to neglect your bodies. If nothing else, do it for yourself, you know. Uh, one
0: of one thing, let me, let me just piggyback off of that uh-huh. is one of the things that, that I think it, that, that is so relevant is that we go through a course of a day. Um, Every magazine in this in the store is always depicting somebody. Men men are generally stimulated by what they see. It's the way God wired us. Mm-hmm. That's why the porn in the industry, for an example, is so huge mm-hmm. and male dominant because it's all about what they see. Mm-hmm. And so every day walking out of the house, that's constantly what they're being barraged exactly. with. And so you know, I think it's important that our that our wives,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, you know, be that buffer.
1: Exactly.
0: Uh, you know that you know what. Uh, you know, I'm going to take and fulfill their role. Now, it's not to say we're, we're trying to measure up to somebody else's standard. We're just going to be the best that we are. Right. You know, we just mm-hmm. ask you to just be the best That's that you are. Right. And, uh, and, and and I think that'll help improve their relationship.
1: Amen. Because complacency opens the door to temptation. Because if you're not providing that man with that thing that he desires, beautiful wife, it's going to open up the door to temptation. We're not only supposed to satisfy our husband sexually, but visually. You know, man wants his wife looking good. I'm just telling the truth. Amen.
0: Amen. Um,
1: and I think that was it. Yeah, great. Amen.
0: All right, give her a hand. Now, now I think we're going to, because I think we've gone quite long. Does anybody, because we didn't just want this to be a kind of, uh, just a preaching at you. We really want you to take some things and, and really grow and learn from this. Um, does anybody have any questions, anything that they're thinking? They just say, I just need to ask this one question, you know, if there's something that you want to ask, you know, we'll, 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 give, we'll, we'll answer it for you as best we can. Um, anything that you can think of? Anybody have any questions about anything at all? Go for it.
1: To take? Husband, you're supposed to take care of your husband. He's supposed to be priority. But what about the scripture that talks about God, Mm-mm. then your husband, then your then your children? Mm-hmm. Can you kind of relate that sure. that way?
0: Um, the way you know, some people, and I and I think that sometimes that can be somewhat of a um, misnomer. Let, let, me, let me explain what I mean by that. You have people say, "Okay, God is number one." family comes second, and then work. Well, I think that's, a, th- that's not a good analogy, and I'll tell you why. Because the way, I, the way I like to look at that is picture a circle, okay? Put God in the middle of that circle, and then everything branches from that. So God is, in effect, in everything that we do. He's first. He influences my relationship with my spouse. He influences my relationships on the job. You know, God, God is everything. He is my life. He's not a part know. you know, because uh, you know, I've always tried to struggle, and I try to understand, okay, when you say God is, a, God is first, well, that, that to me means that from, yeah, I mean, I spend my time with him. I mean, he is the most important thing in my life. Mm-hmm. But yet, but if I love God, then what happens is God influences every aspect of my life. Okay. And so everything stems from that. The way I treat my wife, the way I talk to people, it all comes back to my relationship with God. I don't know if that answer, that makes yeah, sense. A lot of, there's always about that. Yeah, heart. yep.
1: Um, so I, it was just on heart
0: great, yeah, great question. Any others? Any others before we close? Amen, amen, amen. Did y'all enjoy the series? Amen, amen. Come on, give a lot of praise. And... Amen, amen, amen. And I'm just going to, you can to stand in your seat. I'm just going to say a prayer a blessing over you. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Father, we just thank you so much for these marriages and, Lord, for these uh, uh, couples that are also planning to get married, Lord, in the future. Lord, I, I just thank you that you're the author of marriage. And, Father, you know what marriages in this room are struggling, Lord. I pray that you would come to their rescue. I pray, Father God, that you would strengthen these marriages, that you would give them the grace not to give up, not to throw in the towel, not to look back, Lord God. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord. The Bible says that you hold all things together by the the word of your power. Hold these families together. Hold these families intact, Lord God, because the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But you came to give life and life more abundantly. And so I pray for every marriage that is struggling, Lord God, that you would come and meet them. I pray that these principles that we talked about will help improve our marriages with our spouses. I pray, Lord God, that we would have testimonies come up of how much better my marriage is. Because, because Lord, we, we, we applied the word and we applied these tools to help us, Lord. You want us to have a great marriage. You want us yes. to enjoy it, to enjoy the journey. Yes. And I pray today and I thank you for every couple. And I pray a special blessing of grace and favor over these couples that their marriages will be not only thriving, but be examples to other marriages that are struggling, Lord. And Father, we'll give you the praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen.